everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan, everyone calls me Brasky, and as always, I am joined by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, fam? Hello. How y'all doing? Hey, how's it going? It is going. It's going well. Actually, it's going kind of, um, I'm, I'm a little freaked out, to be honest with you, because um, I just saw a sign of the end times earlier this evening, and it's still kind of happening outside my window. Um, I live in the Midwest. I live in Nebraska. And not so much than like an hour ago, I had thunder snow. I had, it was snowing with lightning and thunder and cats and dogs were living together. Everything was happening. I am thoroughly afraid down to the core of my soul. And I don't know if I'll be able to get through this podcast. That's where I'm at to answer your question, Sean. How's everybody else doing? But I have a question. Yes. Did you build a snowman on your balcony today? Did I? Uh, you, you know, if I had tried to build it on my balcony, I don't know if the balcony could have... It's a pretty shoddy balcony, so if I feel like if I made a snowman on there, I don't know if I would have lived to see how well I made that snowman because the balcony itself would have just collapsed under the weight of it. A lot of inspections need also, to happen. Also, like the balcony, like, you know, falling apart or not, it's like pretty dangerous to build a snowman in a thunders, you know, thunderstorm or a thunder snowstorm. Thunder snow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but dedication, I built a, bal- a snowman on my balcony today. I actually did built it inside. Did you have to dodge lightning? Yeah. Did you have to dodge <laughs> lightning? No, I legitimately built it inside. I would go outside and I took a bowl. I have six mixing bowls that are different sizes. They all fit in one after each other. Oh, that's like genius. Russian like Peruska nesting yeah. dolls? Yeah, yeah. Or what? <laughs> so I took a big bowl. I went outside. I scooped in snow. And then I came inside and I pushed it down. And then I took that half out and then went and got more snow. And then joined the two halves together and I had a circle. And then I did that six times and I have a snowman in my balcony. Did you leave it like in the... Oh, you brought it back out to the balcony? Yeah, it's, it's outside. As a practical... Do- Here's what you do. For the long con, you get a chest freezer and put the snow in the freezer <laughs> And then when it's April Fool's Day, you remake the snowman That's before, actually so before good. like Sam or whoever comes home, and it's oh. just a snowman. But put a the... sign on him that just says "I remember," and then just let let him see what they want to do with it. <laughs> the, okay, the be right back. Remembers. I have to go. I have to go get some snow. <laughs> well, the weather outside might be frightful, but inside it is delightful because we are talking about. Everything else that's going on, not just in Snowmans, but also in Magic the Gathering. So how was everyone's week playing Magic the Gathering? That's what I want to know. Caroline, um, let's start with you, because I'm sure whatever whatever you did in Magic the Gathering, it was the right thing to do. Great. So I went to Friendsgiving. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I played in one event on the weekend. I played it in the Pioneer Challenge on Moto. It went all right, but it's part of a different segment, so hashtag no spoilers. Um, I did go to, on a Saturday, I went to a thing at um, some friends here in Denver. I went to Friendsgiving. There was like 18 people and three very different sized tables, but some great food cooked by Luis. So it actually was pretty fun. We were actually at that at their house for like 12 hours. It was really long, but it was great. Uh, so I will say that magic was not a big focus of my week in the last week or so, but I still had a good time. Well, it was maybe it wasn't magic the game itself, but the gathering part of magic was certainly a big part of your week. Oh yeah, I'm great at that part. Absolutely, Eric. How about you? Uh, so I spent most of my my week 
testing for a week full of Pioneer PTQs, which we'll get to in a little bit here. But uh, And then when I uh, got up early to play in the Monday Pioneer PTQ, I really didn't want to, so I just didn't play. And uh, yeah, so I've just been playing standard since. Uh, I don't know. Pioneer kind of just uh, isn't my jam, I guess. Nice. That's sometimes that's the big thing that we learn is, is you know, right now, just not feeling this. I'm, I, I'm feeling something else, but I'm just not feeling this. So I'm going to do the thing that I want to do. Sean, what did you want to do this past week and did you accomplish it? Yeah. So I spent most of the weekend in the combination of being in a car and in Columbus for the Magic Fest that occurred. I played Devoted Drill, like I've been talking for a while now. Deck was great. I ended up losing my winning in, unfortunately. So the weekend didn't go as well as I had hoped, but the deck performed really well. Um, there's a couple changes I'm going to make, but um, I'm pretty happy with uh, how the deck felt. And then I'm getting ready now for GP Oklahoma City playing standard. In all my free time over the weekend, basically, I was playing the sweet blue-white deck in standard, trying to figure out if that deck's playable or not. So getting ready for Oklahoma City now. So I'm pretty excited. I had a good weekend of Magic, though. So Yeah, you and I are going to talk about that blue-white standard deck uh, <laughs> a little bit later on because I've had oh. I've had my fair share of experiences, too, and it's been enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I will. You're darn right. And that's what I've been doing. I've been learning that blue-white uh, blue control deck and having uh, – Having a grand old time with it because it, uh, it's a lot of things that I love to do in Magic, and that's mostly just tell people no. It's just, wait, I want to do wait. this thing. No. What? You've been doing like six or seven episodes with us with us on this podcast, and for some reason you side with Sean in Magic? Yeah, Blue I White do. Blue White is bad, Brasky. Blue White feels so good. It feels it feels so right Even to be Eric so bad. Even Eric play it. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Eric, oh, I, I, I did play it. You How did many times play. have you put Gadwick on the stack? I'm just curious. Enlighten okay. me. <laughs> I will say that I did watch Eric play it, and for those that don't know too much about Eric, he likes the aggressive deck, mostly white aggressive decks. And today he was playing this very slow, grindy, blue-white standard deck on this stream, and that was literally cackling when his opponents would concede to the third counter spell. <laughs> like, he had presented no way of dealing damage, and they're like, no, I'm off it. And he was, like, cackling, and I was so upset. All of you are falling to the dark side that I don't like. <laughs> yes, we are. We're falling to the, the, to the right side, the correct side, the powerful side of law and order that is Azorius. And that's what I've been doing. And, and honestly, that's kind of – it is – control is almost like – a gateway drug playing playing blue and playing white is just almost a gateway drug because i was like oh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play these cards and oh someone played a card well i'm guessing i'm gonna counterspell it and then it gets countered and you just go oh that felt good that felt real good and then you're like okay well let them do something else they play something else guess what i counterspell it and nothing happens you go oh, I never want this feeling to end. And then you're clearing board states and you're making your opponent concede. And then you look in the mirror and realize the monster that you have become because you are a blue-white control player. This is the just, darkest timeline. Just realize that's what I have to deal with every morning I wake up and brush my teeth. I have to look back and the person in the mirror is someone I'm really excited to be, though, because blue-white's great. It's true. It's just, <laughs> it's just Dovin looking at you from over your shoulder and saying, darkest, hey, buddy. Darkest timeline. <laughs> Well, I just wake up and look at my Savannah lions and go, I'm going to make it up to you, buddy. Just have one on the mirror. Please say you have one taped. 
I, I wish I did. That would be great. And then at some point, if, the, if he like feels betrayed by the Savannah lands, it's going to be like Rocky Four, and he gets ready in the morning, and he looks at the Savannah land in the mirror and then just crumbles it in his fist. He's like, no more, and throws it back down. Wow, spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to make a, I'm going to make a note at the beginning of this episode that, hey, to anyone who hasn't seen the 1980s film Rocky <laughs> Four, there are spoilers for this movie. <laughs> just want you to be aware, and and that, that way we next can on my list. <laughs> yeah, you ruined it. Every- I'm so sorry. It's on Redbox. You'll be fine. Uh, but uh, you know whether or not we're playing blue white control, uh, whether or not we are having friendsgiving, whether or not we're learning that some formats just aren't for us. Uh, there's a lot of things that have happened in the world of Magic, including uh, for some of us who are big pioneers on the trail. There were a lot of pioneer PTQs over the uh, past week or so. A lot of results, a lot of things to learn, a lot of things that are interesting to look into, especially how that meta might be shaping out, and maybe what will happen the next time we see a banned and restricted announcement. So. Uh, Eric, let's let's go to you and let's kind of give us the rundown of what you noticed from a lot of the results of the Pioneer PTQs. So, like I said, I did play a ton of Pioneer last week to get ready for these PTQs, and what I came to the conclusion of is kind of what the rest of the field has come to the conclusion of, and that is that the field of the dead and the mono black decks are just the best things you can be doing in this format, and um, so. The first result, uh, and that's the only result we have of currently today, um, is the Monday result. And there was 13 mono-black decks, 5 green-black field decks, 7 bant field decks, and then 2 nexus decks, and then 1 of each of in-soul, mono-green devotion, black-white vehicles, and bant vehicles. So you're looking at just a huge percentage of the top 32 being mono-black or field, um, with just 6 other decks in the top 32 being different decks. Um, so, I mean, currently, if you're going to be playing in these PTQs, and I think our podcast usually goes up on Wednesday or Thursday, so it'd be like one or two more that you can play in, you should probably just be playing these mono black decks or these field decks. Was it, did it at least hit 69% representation to reach full OCO status? That's the question. Um, neither one of them individually did. Great. Then no um, bands. But, then no, no bands whatsoever. Yeah, Everything's no fine. Bands, mono black's in a good place. Yeah, mono black is great. It was five of the top uh, five of the top eight decks were mono black. Um, so that's you know that's over fifty percent. It's uh, not exactly sixty nine percent. Yeah, it's true. Caroline, did you uh, jump into any of these little these PTQs that you were talking about a little bit earlier? Uh, no, unfortunately, right now everything is during the work day for me. Um, as much as I work from home, I do actually have to do work, so I haven't been playing them. But I did play in the Sunday pioneer challenge which started at 7 a.m my time (laughs) um so i got up for it i actually got um i got sam to get up as well and we played green black field um i ended up losing in the last round for top eight which i didn't realize was the last round at the time i thought there was eight rounds there's actually only seven (laughs) um and i my losses to the day were mono black was one and then uh mono green field of the dead was the other one it's pretty interesting i i beat mono uh, mono black twice and lost to it once so i think it's still a good matchup but the mono green field deck was like felt like a reaction to the green black field decks because they play a lot more out drowsies so they go well over the top of you i just don't know how they beat the aggro decks so it's pretty interesting i like the format i'm definitely down to play more Sean, 
uh, what were your hopes and dreams for these PTQs, and, and did you get to realize them? Well, <clears throat> as much of a proprietor of Blue White as I am, unfortunately, there were probably very few Sphinx Revelations uh, <laughs> in this tournament, or at least not the kinds of decks I like. I'm sure the band decks have them, but um, no control, no real control decks, which is kind of a bummer for me. But um, if I do play Pioneer, I might get to play PTQ this week. I'll probably just play either the green-black field deck or the bad field deck. Both those decks are pretty much right in my wheelhouse, so I'm a big fan of those decks. I don't think you would have to pay me to play the mono-black deck, I think, in a PTQ. <laughs> but um, the Pioneer format is still really fun to me, and I'm really looking forward to playing Grand Prix or Magic Fests next year in the Pioneer format. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, uh, you know, we filmed this on Monday, on the 26th of November, so it'll be another week before we see any uh, ban and restriction announcements, of which there were none today. But seeing all this mono black representation and all of the field decks as well, do you uh, do we do we see uh, those you know something hitting mono black, and do we see Field of Dead getting banned in Pioneer? I could definitely see uh, like Field of Dead leaving. The, the worry that I have with, like, the mono black decks is I'm not really sure what we're supposed to be hitting. Uh, if you hit something like Thoughtseize, uh, it is very, very tough for... Um, it's, like, very, very tough for, like, people to try to, like, stop, like, combination or combo decks if that was to something... Be something that, like, picks up um, after the bans. So, like, it's a little it's a little scary to ban something like that. Banning Smuggler's Copter means, might mean that, like, the aggressive decks just don't have a place in the, in the format. So it should be interesting to see what they do. I do think that if they were to ban something, though, it'd most likely be Smuggler's Copter from from the Mono Black decks, and maybe they could like switch to something like Heart of Kieran, or maybe just like not play any vehicles at all. Hmm. Interesting things to think about in the week that's going to be uh, coming forward. Uh, now, on top of what we kind of saw with all the PTQs going on, there was a few uh, new announcements of some kind of new cards, some new products, other things of that nature that were happening. And uh, Caroline, I believe you kind of were been keeping up to date about all the new stuff that we've been seeing that's going to be coming soon to the Magic World. Um, I don't know if I would say I'm up to date every moment of the day, um, but I did follow, there were some cryptic tweets last week some cool videos little segments um and one thing i actually noticed on these these tweets they were highlighting a product called secret lair and um a lot of comments of negativity of like product fatigue um well actually i don't even know if it was product fatigue at the time it was just a lot of like we already had a secret product we don't want another one and it actually kind of got to me because i i like I don't think that I will purchase this product and I'm going to describe it in a second, but I don't think I'm ever inclined to be like, well, I'm not going to purchase this thing. So I should bash it. Like I was just very surprised. I actually think the product's super cool. Basically what they're doing is over the next, so starting on Monday going for till December 9th, they're going to be each day releasing a very small bundle of like three to seven cards that all exist already in magic. They're all reprints. But they will have different arts and they have a theme there there's two things that are different one they have a bit of a theme going on so there's one box that has like a couple different um like cats i guess is the best one there's a there's four or five different cats being reprinted and then the, the second weird part about it is they've really pushed the art envelope um and they've really set no limit of, on what magic art is considered for these cards and so my favorite kind of example of that is a serum 
serum visions that they're printing. There's four different ones. So four different serum visions with four very different arts. <laughs> uh, and they're quite cool. And and I don't think that this is going to be for any for everyone. It might not even be for that many people. Um, but it's a very cool idea that they're like, hey, here's some specific cards that we're reprinting with very unique, very cartoony or very out there arts. Um, you know, they cost a set amount of money, uh, depending on how many cards are in the pack. And, you know, it's Christmas. Like, this is their Christmas product. This is not that unusual to me. And I was surprised at the general reaction to things. And if you don't want another product, then that's okay. Don't buy it. They are still a company. They have every right to print this. Um, the one complaint slash worry that people have is this is Magic's way of, of printing very specific cards at a very set price, which has never been done before. Um, I, I guess that's not true. It hasn't been done before in, um, oh, what were those boxes called? Uh, they, they had foils that were always super uh from the vault from the vault so from the vault i guess is the last time this would have happened um and from the vault did well generally but they kind of ran out of ideas from the vault was like a a pack of 12 i think 12-ish foils of a general theme um the most famous from the vault is the one that had jace in it from the vault 20. uh it had jace uh, jace the mind sculptor in it which made it very valuable um and that was the last time they kind of messed around with printing individual singles and so that is a concern that people have. Like the bitter, there is bitter blossom being printed here, at a at a lower price than it's currently listed on at stores. And then the other concern is that these are going straight through the Hasbro website or some website that is not a local game store. So th those are things to think about, and that's totally fine. I just think the complaints I saw about like product fatigue was a little too much for me. Like they are a business; they get to make products like i don't know i i had a little trouble with it and and i don't believe i'll be purchasing any of these items but if you want to i would just google secret lair and there's just an article on the magic website that just has a very detailed list of what the different ones are how much they cost when they're available they are only available for 24 hours at a time they're not limited on how many you can get but that is a small window so i'm not going to go through each one but you should definitely look into it if you'd like and don't if you don't want to they look some of them look really dope the dredge Just, one and the goblin one look awesome i think i thought you would love the serum visions i mean they're cool but i already have like i really like the pack foil that i have but fifth i think yeah the fifth on ones i think they did a really cool job with all of the different arts so one one of the reasons i really wanted to talk about this was for the longest time, I I have loved the idea of Pokemon, the trading card game. Like, I've never played it, and I don't own any cards, but I have definitely seen people open packs and just been so in love with the different art styles. Like, when you open a pack of Pokemon, there's so many different art styles that you could be getting. Uh, same with a lot of other trading card games. And Magic has never done that, except for very recently with Seb McKinnon art. And some other new artists as well. But in general, they haven't pushed the envelope in terms of art. I believe there's a very specific framework on what they want magic art to be. And this set, as well as the last year or so in um, other, uh, not just Seb McKinnon, there are other artists as well, but that's the one that's kind of the most famous. It really pushed, uh, pushed past the idea of like, this is what magic art looks like. And I'm really 
really encourage that will be what our future looks like. Hopefully it's not always alternate arts. Like I'm just looking forward to all new, like the new cards, just having these artists come and do do work on new cards. So yeah, that's what I'm most excited it's for. It's the same yeah, card, but talk. it's like a, it's a reimagining of that card as opposed to just an alternate art kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked when they did that with the, like the hieroglyphic, like through the breach, like those arts were really cool, I thought. But I do like the idea, like you were saying, of just a whole set of cards being like with a totally different art style would be really cool, I think. But yeah, Pokemon cards, like I really like when people use them as tokens and stuff like that, because like the Charizard EX cards and stuff like that just get really awesome looking sometimes. Eric, uh, knowing the uh, hyper-competitive nature of Magic the Gathering that you play often revolves, we know that the winning and losing often revolves around how good your cards look. So in your opinion, uh, what's your thoughts on some of the some of the new stuff you've seen? Do you just like at the very least get some reprints that you might be able to acquire some cards in a cheaper fashion? Um, I mean, like, I think all this stuff is, like, very, very cool. Um, but, I, I like, you know, maybe you can get it a little bit cheaper and stuff like that. But I think this is made for people, not necessarily for people that aren't competitive, but like it doesn't come at it from a competitive standpoint, right? It's just people that really, really want their stuff to look nice. And I mean, I, I think it's, I think that's just a great idea um, because, you know, getting people to buy more cards is always just a, a good thing because you just get more people to play magic. And if somebody comes in to play magic because you know, uh, they see the new, you know, the new card and it just looks awesome. I've had people like look at the, um, the adventure story cards, right? The story art for those things. And they're just like, these are awesome. I have to buy them. I love, you know, the Goldilocks story and Flaxen Intruder is now the Goldilocks and it just looks awesome. And they buy a magic card because of that. And then they just like, Oh, maybe I should play with it. Maybe I can build a Goldilocks themed deck or something, you know? Yeah, and the more friends that we get to play the game, uh, the more we'll be able to kind of help them along in their journey, and maybe one day they'll kind of achieve success of their own. Maybe they'll win their own PTQs. Maybe they'll win an MC someday because of something as simple as them going, hey, what's that? I want to learn about that. And that's how kind of all of us get to the one point of where we join the game and, and play it like we do. And speaking of helping others to, to kind of win and develop themselves, that's kind of a topic we wanted to touch on a little bit today was just uh, what it's like to help uh, prepare someone else uh, for uh, you know playing magic either in, in a sense of introducing them to the game or really helping them dive into the super competitive parts of of magic the gathering and uh, Eric I mean we'll start with you you kind of have a, a little first day experience in the past week or so yeah uh, so our team was uh, approached by by a player that is invited to the next MC to help them select a deck for the MC for MC7 and um it was it was a very very interesting um i guess like adventure that we went on with this person because a the 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 time was very short they they learned about their invitation to the MC and then it was like a week from now i have to have a deck so it was you know play this deck, play this deck, play this deck, play this deck. And the one uh, overarching thing was that they wanted to play a more aggressive beat downy style of deck. And um, so we tried to, you know, um, gear them towards, or like, I guess like, like, you know, acquiesce to what they wanted and then also play something that is very powerful. And I think we, we eventually got there, but it was just, it was a lot of like, 
you know, hey, I think this deck could be good. I think these cards are good. And they, they've been going, I want to play these cards. And it's like, well, maybe these cards aren't great because of this. And it's just like a lot of back and forth, a lot of like team, you know, group discussions. Um, and then eventually settling down with a list that um, I think both the team and the player is happy with. And um, yeah, just like playing a lot of like playtesting games. Um, you know, they, they do stream. So like, watching them play on ladder and kind of talking with them through ladder matches and uh, why cards are good and why cards are like not so good. And um, you know, maybe if they, they, they may or may not had a, a pet card at some point and trying to like, you know, steer them away from a pet card might, might've been uh, something that, you know, is, is hard to do. Um, but you know um, when you have other voices, it's a little easier to kind of get away from that, I suppose. But like I said, I think I think they're happy with their deck, and I think we are also happy with their deck. Um, and yeah, I would definitely agree that, that we're happy with, with how things worked out, but we did spend some of our time at our meeting to, tonight um, talking about some things we could have improved on as like coaches or per se or advisors or whatever you want to call us. Um, and, you know, one thing that we kind of talked about was we a lot of people focus on the actual magic part of things when you're trying to pick a deck list and you're trying to learn magic. So, you know, untap, upkeep, draw, you know, play your creatures, play your spells, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing we kind of, we all talked about at our meeting, but realized we never brought it up with the person that we were um, guiding was there was often conversations about, oh, well, this list that I just tried had a record of X and X. So I like it more or less than another list that I tried that had a different record. And I believe at this point in like Eric, definitely in Eric's uh, testing process and mostly in mine and probably in Sean's as well, we've learned to try our best to ignore records and talk more about cards and cards that mattered in each matchup. How many times, like we might've had a losing session, but we might've mulliganed a lot or we might've had a winning session and our opponents mulliganed a lot. And so it's not really, we, we do our best to not think about the results or we, we want to think more about like, what did the games look like? And we realized like in retrospect, we might not have actually had a time or the chance to teach that to this person. Um, and some of the, that skill set, like the, the non-magic parts of magic are pretty interesting. So that is often called results oriented thinking, or as my probably favorite streamer calls it Roddy. Um, I don't know where the, the why sound comes from, but Gabby often calls it Roddy thinking. So I think the reason that, that she calls it Roddy is because it's meant to be like, it is quite negative. It's like, Oh, that's really Roddy to think that way. That's really bad to think that way. Um, but it, I, I didn't know what it stood for for a long time. And I was like, Whoa, why is she being so aggressive? And then I found out later it was because it's results oriented thinking. Um, I don't know. I really thought that that is something that we can improve upon as a team is like, needing to express what we're thinking better. Um, like we, like, I believe Eric, myself and Sean know that like records are something we shouldn't talk about or shouldn't think too much about, but we never said anything. We all, well, at least I was and Eric was in the conversations with this person and we never brought that up. And so that's something that we, I personally think that we should improve upon. Yeah. I mean, one thing exactly what Caroline was saying that even though you win a lot, it might just be because your opponents just like, you know, flooding out or whatever. So keeping in mind, one big thing is just like how the games feel, not necessarily the win and loss column, but 
are you playing your spells on curve and stuff like that? That's also a big part of the testing session that you need to keep in mind that as a player, when I was learning how to play magic was really hard for me to remember at all times. So making sure that the person is aware of that is also what something that we need to make sure that is part of the equation, kind of like Caroline was saying. Um, and I, and I think that this is a very classic thing that they call level up moments. And that's just one of these things. So we, we could definitely have a, more detailed level up session or, t or conversation, but that was something I just thought was kind of interesting. There's always things to do so you can help others uh, get better at the game. And then not only that, we're not only getting better at the game, but we're getting better uh, at life in certain ways because uh, it, it, there's so much to learn about the game of life and you learn a lot of it through playing magic. And uh, sometimes we, you know, play as much as we can. And for all that we try to do, we also punt sometimes. We punt the game away. We make mistakes. We have to try and learn from them. And that kind of brings us to something that's been missing from a little while, which is the punt of the week, where we kind of discuss the mistakes that we make and the things that we can learn. And uh, mine was kind of another spot about uh, attention to detail. And beyond attention to detail, uh, one of my favorite phrases that I've learned since uh, learning this wonderful game, RTFC. I'm sorry. It's the it's read the freaking card. And, read the uh, fun card. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't uh, been doing that as much as I should have. Even on something that could be very, very simple, I should probably do it all the time. So, for instance, when I'm learning my blue-white control deck and I'm playing against uh, a deck that's being very aggressive and trying to burn me out with creatures, that uh, when I play Brazen Borrower and drop him onto the field as a 3-1, that he can't block because it says explicitly on the card, that it cannot block, and yet I sit here and just throw a 3-1 out saying, oh, this will be fine, and because of that, end up losing the match because I just didn't read the freaking card, and it's helped me to kind of step back a little bit and not get tilted about stuff, just be like, no, you made a mistake. It's time to learn. Read the freaking card. How about you all? Have you done any any minor or major punts from this past week? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had one where I was playing for my winning in the day two, and this is I touched on it earlier kind of punted i'm in game three against urza and playing druid i have postmortem lunge in my sideboard and i boarded it in and for like three turns i was like uh my opponent's gonna tap out and i'm gonna postmortem lunge him and kill him and i got to a point and it got to a point where i was gonna be able to cast postmortem lunge to get back my giver of runes to like come into play and untap and then like give one of my creatures protection so i cast Postmortem lunge for X equals one, gave it haste, you know, all that jazz. And then when it came into play, my opponent had two different colored creatures, one blue, one green. And I just like couldn't get through and I just like really got tunnel visioned on that. And then the other line was I could have postmortem lunged by Night of Autumn to bring it back and kill the food that they had made, but it was no longer a food because they turned it into a deer. So it was pretty bad all around, but just I should have slowed down and realized I didn't need to just spew my card out of the table because I just got tunnel visioned really hard. Stop spewing at the table is lessons learned from Mr. Toolshed. Conan, uh, where were you imperfect in your perfect play? Um, actually, just today, I, I had been playing a super long game of blue-white because that's the only games that you can play with blue-white. Uh, versus fires and I kind of just got into this thing of like not dying instead of like trying to kill my opponent and um, I ended up like having this game plan and then like five turns later I was supposed to execute my game plan which was cast a finale of glory for for x equals 10 with a teferi on board so I could do it like at my opponent's end step make a bunch of blocks and actually just like kill them on the swing back 
And I was just like, well, I have to find a uh, like a uh, you know a way to kill their creatures here. So I ended up scrying on my upkeep, which left me with exactly um, it, it left me with exactly eleven mana instead of the twelve mana that I needed for finale of glory. And uh, Ben, who was in my chat at the time, who was the uh, the person that uh, sent me the decklist, was like, "Weren't you just going to kill them with finale of glory?" And I was like, "Yeah, actually, that was the game plan the entire time," and I just totally forgot. It's one of those things like, hey, weren't you supposed to? Yep, yep. No, I totally did. And then you just, you try to answer as fast as you can. Hey, weren't you supposed to? Yep, totally did. I was supposed to do that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, but you didn't yet. Nope, nope. I got it. I got it. I messed up. We're good. <laughs> yeah, how about instead of winning, we just lose? I could probably just do that. That's probably fine. It'd be so much easier, right? If That's only it was the about that. about magic when you're like, you feel so close to winning and then one thing happens and then you're just like, well, I think I just lost the game now. <laughs> <laughs> getting yourself out of that situation like being able to not tilt off that off hunting like mid game has been one of the hardest things about magic for me is just like get it picking myself back up and like keep going and trying to find a way out but stuff definitely done that more than once yeah. if you can if you can find the thing that gets you off of the tilt quickest that is like always like a really good thing just because like if you punt in game one you're gonna have to you know Maybe you have more opportunities to win in in still game one, but you're gonna have to play a game two. And uh, if you play it when you're like, you know, you're sideboarding when you're tilted and you're playing when you're tilted, it's like you're not gonna play well. So you have to find something, whether it's like, you know, taking a drink of water, taking a deep breath, you know, you know, maybe even just like asking the judge if you can stand up and stretch for a second, you know, that type of stuff. It's like you gotta find something that can get you out of there. I mean, that's all part of, of learning it. It's all part of what we say about about getting lit, is there's always things to take from it, there's always things to learn, which, uh, let's just jump right into it. Because of the discussions that we've had, what's the one thing that you're doing to get better at Magic this week? Caroline, what's what's the thing you're doing? I have down here that I'm playing the standard ladder, but then I also have a sad phase because it's been going kind of poorly. I've been stuck in gold for like 14 days or something outrageous. Um, I only play like probably a game or two an evening which isn't a lot but it's something i don't know i'm just currently struggling in this standard format just haven't found a ton of time and going a lot of ups and then a lot of downs and then a lot more downs and then some ups but eventually i'll get lit maybe if you, want, if you want to maximize the amount of game time you have for one match a night i have the deck for you oh no is it blue white <laughs> Oh, how'd you guess? <laughs> one of us. One of oh, us. Oh, no. Although, Sean, I will say that the black-green cat deck might actually take more time than blue-white. <laughs> when I was testing that deck, there was multiple games where I had less than three minutes on my clock and my opponents timed out. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that earlier. I was like, what happens when you and your opponent both have a witch's oven and a cauldron cat going? Like, who ends up winning? What's the mirror breaker at that point? Uh, just basically Trail of Crumbs finding more ovens and <laughs> also just like naturally drawing things like Casualties of War or right. um, finding Thrashy and Brontodon because it's basically just whoever has more ovens uh, being able to go with those and maybe you can get board advantage but it usually doesn't matter because you have so many blockers so it's just like right. you can rifle through their decks fast enough to get enough activations to drain your opponent out. <laughs> oh boy, that sounds like a blast. Eric, how about you? What you been doing to learn? Um, I played a, a couple of decks that I um, 
I don't necessarily enjoy. I don't enjoy the cat deck or the the so like I played the Jund and the green black cat deck. And um, like I said, uh, it was a learning process. I, I played a lot of games for the full 50 minutes of, uh, of Magic. And um, yeah, I just like wanted to, I basically went into it hoping people would beat me up in those games so that I could learn, you know, what beats this deck. And the thing that I was learning is that it felt like you are in every single game. You're probably favored in a lot of them, but there are certain cards that are good. Um, like Vivian 4 was good um questing beast was good basically just like trample or evasive creatures flying is good um played against like some team rec decks which are pr pretty tough for the deck so like that's basically what i was doing and then i also wanted to learn pioneer because of the ptqs that are happening this week um and just like kind of like learn what the rules of the format are and basically what i mean by that is like what what do you have to play so like one of the things that i learned is like Unfortunately for Sean, counter magic isn't super great in that format. Um, and right now it's because like Thoughtseize is such a big player in the mono black deck. You can get underneath them pretty easily. You have recursive creatures. And then on the other side, your mid-range deck kills you with Field of the Dead, which is an uncounterable threat. Um, but like I said, maybe there's going to be some changes next Monday and maybe then something like Absorb can become playable again and be pretty good. There was a, a sweet blue-white deck that I saw won a tournament in, like, Chicago, I think, or something like that, one where it was blue-white, but it had a single mountain in the main deck, and then it had two copies of Crumble to Dust in the sideboard. That is pretty field, sweet. For the Field of the Dead matchup, because you have four Field of Ruin and three Fabled Passage, so you have a you can get the mountain out of your deck pretty easily. So I think if I play Pioneer, I'm going to at least test that kind of deck, but... Yeah, he ended up winning. The person ended up winning the tournament with the deck, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty to see. He he ended up beating Green Black Field a couple times apparently. Sean, how much does that service cost? What service? The one where you get alerted every time Blue White does well at the tournament. <laughs> well, it, it, it's not too bad because it doesn't happen very. Often, so. <laughs> it's so like... Did wait? You pay per lead that that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, you pay when someone wins a tournament, so it doesn't. happen very often not as frequently as you would think i know okay, surprise cool. i was wondering if, if you know it was a good like monthly subscription or if it's a yearly thing good to know, good to know. Yeah. We, we have one for tron as well but we can't talk about it <laughs> fair enough yeah that one that one's probably a lot more frequent but um yeah so i mean kind of taking off what eric said i've been also playing a lot of pioneer to try to like learn the format figure out what's good what's not good black decks and the green black deck and Thoughtseize are all really powerful surprise surprise so just trying to figure out if there is a blue white deck i get to play or if i'm going to be priced into playing some field of the dead deck which is also fun the deck's kind of actually fun to play so i don't know just playing a lot of magic right now also playing standard for oklahoma city in a couple weeks I would assume that you would play not black green field, but something with uh with Sphinx's Revelation and possibly Hydrate Crisis would be my guess, and to, like three drop to fairy. <laughs> yeah, if the if the Bant deck is playable, I might give that a shot too. It's not. Whoa, not with that attitude. I've played a lot of unplayable decks before. <laughs> There's always a chance. There's always yeah. a chance. <laughs> and Sean's gonna get to know uh, if he'll have a chance to do something like that because there's plenty of opportunity in Pioneer coming up, along with a bunch of other things, because Caroline Cavanaugh is going to give us the rundown on what, what's happening in the world of Magic, but if she's going to be there, where in the world is Caroline Cavanaugh? Caroline, what's going on for the next uh, couple weeks or so? Uh, so we're currently in um, the Pioneer, Pioneer Week. Uh, as you mentioned, 
um, yesterday being Monday, um, what, there was no bands in Pioneer specifically because starting yesterday and going all the way till Sunday this week of Thanksgiving, uh, there's a Pioneer PTQ every day. Last week, we went over the different times. Um, the most notable difference, I believe, is tomorrow, Wednesday, which might be before this podcast is out anyway, but it will be at 3 p.m. And most of the other ones are very early in the morning. So that one's pretty interesting. Then December 6th through 8th is MC7. Um, so the highlights for that that I think is pretty interesting, that tournament will determine what MPL members will stay in the MPL, who will go down to rivals for the half season. It will also lock up worlds. Um, and it is the last MC of the year. So uh, I think standard is at an okay place that it will you know, encourage the tournament to be a great watch as well as all of these cool storylines that will be woven throughout the weekend. And um, I will say coverage puts a lot of effort into showing you these stories. So I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, post that will be December 13th to 15th is Magic Fest Oklahoma City, which you will go and get to see Sean. Make sure that you get him to sign uh, any card that has the blue or white colors in it. It doesn't have to be a very significant card. Just any card that's blue or white. <laughs> Preferably Azorius Guildgate. Or Tranquil Cove. Oh, I like Azorius Guildgate. Uh, and then December 20th to 22nd is Magic Fest Portland, uh, in which I will be in attendance, and I would like to sign a Boreal Grazers, please. And only a Boreal Grazers. The best card in all formats. Bring any other card by her, and it will get ripped up. Or she will take the pen that she's writing her autograph and draw an arboreal grazer on top of whatever it is that you give her. Okay, I will say that there are lands on Sam's desk that I found last night, and it's I drew sloths on all of them. But I did it like a year ago, and I forgot. <laughs> and there's just all these basic lands on his desk that are, have little sloths drawn on them. They're really cute. So I might do that. Well, that seems like fun. Seems like there's always going to be something to do here coming up before we hit uh, the rest of the holiday season. There's going to be a lot of things going on. Uh, Sean, I believe you're going to be attending uh, Oklahoma City uh, coming up. You're pretty psyched about that. Yeah, that's the plan. Going to be playing our sweet blue-white brew um, in standard, hopefully to beat up on some cat decks. Um, It's going to be a nice, easy 12-hour drive. So it'll be a lot of fun. It's like December 13th, like Caroline was saying. So... Hopefully, uh, we have the deck tuned and ready to go. I'm really excited. Hawk might be joining me. It sounded like. Yeah, Hawk, are you going to be jumping in on that? Um, most likely. I'm. I'm still debating it. Um, I have to get the okay from uh from my girlfriend Serena. Um, make sure that you know I don't mess up any plans or anything like that. Um, but as long as that isn't the case, then uh, yeah, I I'm, I I do like standard. Um. And is as one of my favorite formats. So being able to play in the uh, the Grand Prix and then also possibly a bunch of the PTQs uh, is a, is a very exciting. Nice. There's always going to be exciting things going on. Exciting things will be happening. We'll be having a grand old time doing it. And at some point, we're gonna make sure that Caroline Kavanaugh becomes a blue eye control player. No. Yep. No, it's gonna happen. Objection. Hey. We got Hawk to play some counter spells. Now it's just up to you. You're yep. supposed to be the chosen one. There we go. There we go. Then we're going to rename this entire podcast and just have it be about Azorius. It's all it is. We're going to have we're one. We're going to po- lose our one viewer. <laughs> we're going to have one podcast episode that's just the four of us doing like a state radio station for the Azorius. For Azorius. <laughs> I'm busy that day. <laughs> talking about Caroline, how great I once the state played is. Blue White Tron before, so you can you can do that. You can play Blue White Tron. I did that in old extended. <laughs> You're so old. 
He's so old that uh, well he yeah I'm not gonna make that joke. I was gonna say he's so old he's extended, and that's just that doesn't sound correct. I thought you were gonna make the old school magic jokes that you prepped before the podcast. Yeah, that's just old school magic. <laughs> that's what I thought you were gonna do. We set you up. We spent 45 minutes setting you up. <laughs> this whole time, this whole time, you guys were talking behind my back, being like, "We're gonna set Brasky up for this great joke, what? and then he's gonna swing and a miss." <laughs> We hire you for these purposes. <laughs> You're right. You I were forgot. Supposed to be the chosen one. And now I don't get paid this week. <laughs> we pay you in exposure, Brasky. It's true. It's true. Like a true artist. Like a true artist. Well, regardless, we hope that you've had a wonderful time, and we hope that whether or not you are new to magic or whether or not you play old school magic that you're going to continue to listen to our podcast and keep in touch with us because well that's what we like to do and you can find us by going to swagoy gaming which is swagoi.com and learning all about uh, the magic the gathering team all the other esports teams that we have going on in the organization but uh, all these people that I do this wonderful podcast with do magic as well and uh, you can find them producing a whole bunch of different content all over the place caroline where can people find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mighty Linguini, on Instagram at The Mighty Linguini, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays, though this week I will be flying to California for some Thanksgiving stuff, so I will not be streaming. Also, I did a guest appearance on a competing, well, competing might be harsh, <laughs> on a fellow podcast uh, called Allies Strategies this week. Uh, it's all about Pioneer. Uh, feel free to go check that out as well. A competing podcast. like we'll t- That's what we'll talk about next time. Let's talk about all these, our competing podcasts. Listen here, Allied Strategies. Well, I think it's more that we're... Yeah, no, we're, yeah. The, we're the small dog. We're the small dog <laughs> yeah. in that fight. Very, very much so. Conan, where can we people find like you? We got like a loud bark. Yeah, a real loud bark. And the, one of the loudest barks that you'll find. And then you'll they'll be like, oh my gosh, what was that? And then they turn around the corner and be like, oh, 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 that poor little thing. That's what's going to happen. Conan, where can people find you? Uh, They can find me on Twitter and on Instagram with at Conan Hawk. Um, And then you can also find me on twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. I stream Monday through Friday as long as I am not uh, traveling for a magic event. But uh, if you want updates, just follow me on Twitter at Conan Hawk, and I'll let you know whether or not uh, I will be traveling. So you can always find me there. And Sean? Yeah, you can find my dank ass. Ooh, I almost said it. My my dank <laughs> memes. Almost. Almost, Caroline. Don't worry. It was close. The perfect part the perfect part about that was that like your audio cut out right yeah. at that word. So I thought you said it. <laughs> I'm gonna you bleep it anyway. Me. Don't we don't worry. Have proof you didn't say it actually. Yeah, we don't I have proof. It doesn't matter. I'll bleep it anyway. <laughs> you can find me reposting memes on my tw- on my Twitter at, at Mr. Toolshed. Usually it has something to do with uh, magic memes, but not always, but you can find me there. Fabulous. And, of course, you can find me at Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142. That's going to do it for us this week, but next week we'll have a whole lot more to talk about and a whole lot of things to discuss, and we'll just see next week if Caroline Cavanaugh becomes a blue-white control player. So for everyone else that's out there, it's too late now. We're going to happen, so we'll see you all later. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Say bye, everybody. I said bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.
uh, on next week episode of Dragon Ball Z, Caroline becomes a blue white pot. Wow, we talked about Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, but not Hearthstone <laughs> or Brasky. Hot mess, but, but it's sassy. Sassy.